Hello, Freedom Fighters. Thank you for listening. This audio interview is brought to you by Open World Magazine, the ultimate guide for pursuing a life of adventure and passion and setting up a location-independent business that can support your dream lifestyle. Go check us out at openworldmag.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Open World Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited because I'm joined by another very talented digital nomad. Her name is Anita Wing Lee. Her website is anitawinglee.com. And she's just like me. She's been living out of one suitcase for the last five years. She actually couch surfs everywhere she goes, meeting people among her very large, sizable social media following. She travels six months out of the year and lives abroad the other six. She broadcasts through Periscope. She's the founder of Global Meditation Scope, which is a large creative meditation movement. And she has over 45,000 followers on Periscope. She's been featured in Mashable, CBC, Adweek, and numerous online publications. I just want to say, welcome to the show, Anita. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, Danny. It's really exciting to be here, and I'm excited to share more. So I'm here today at the co-working space, The Hive, here in Bangkok. Where are you calling us from today? I am calling from Birmingham, UK, right now. One, one second. There's some background noise here. Okay. <clears throat> so tell me where you are right now. What are you looking out at? Are you, um, I don't know Birmingham too well. Is it a small town? What, how did you end up there? Yeah, so I'm at a friend's place right now, and I'm looking out this little window in a room that is the studio, actually. So I've actually got um, big studio lights here and lots of artwork in front of me and got the fall leaves with all the changing colors here in front of me. <laughs> so you're actually couch surfing right now? Yes. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so I'm staying with a friend's place right now. Um one of the things that really jump-started my journey was I just met so many incredible people through Periscope, which is a live streaming platform. Um, and a lot of people had like offered to host me, and I don't think anyone ever expected me to actually take them up on that offer. And so that's sort of what started the journey that I'm on right now about a year ago. It actually reminds me, there was a, a lady who travels around Europe. Um, she, she created a documentary, Living Without Money. And, you know, I think I've seen it. Yeah, it's yeah. an older lady, right? Yeah, we featured it on the blog. Uh, we featured it on the blog. Her oh, name that's is awesome. Right now, but, but she's kind of, a, she reminds me of you a little bit because she's just, you know, invited to stay with people and, uh, you know, she just disdains all material things and just lives a simple life, you know, helps out volunteers where she can. Uh, how, how are you finding this life? I mean, I've couch surfed a bit, but I, I can't, I find it's hard to, you know, maintain a normal life and maintain a business if you're, uh, crashing on a couch, and oftentimes your hosts will want to party and drink all the time, and it can be hard to <laughs> keep a routine. How, how have you made it work for you? Yeah, I've definitely learned my share of lessons over the past year of doing it. Um, so I actually started off 2016 um, doing a 15-day road trip all across America. I think I stayed in nine homes. It's supposed to be 11, but I realized that way too much. So I cut it down. And um, that was all through people I met through social media. And that was fun. And I learned a lot through that. And I got to meet so many incredible people. But I was also totally exhausted at the end of it, which is why I had to cut out certain trips. Because I realized I could make it to the destination, but I would not be like alive or sane. I would just be a zombie. 
Um, but I, and I also didn't really get to like capture the journey and share as much of it as I would have wanted to, because I was more concerned, like every day to think about my next travel plans. Um, so it was fun, but I knew that I didn't want to do something that fast again. And then, so I started slowing down actually in February or sorry, in March and April, um, I ended up staying at places, um, again, through people, friends that I'd met through social media, I stayed at a place for longer for, um, at least two weeks at a time or three weeks at a time. Um, and that's when it also became clear to me that like, um, it was really cool to have that experience couch surfing with my, with my fans, with my followers. But if I wanted to get stuff done in the world, if I wanted to create more substantial online content and programs that would really help people instead of just, you know, an off the cuff post, I needed to have the space and I needed to be in the environment and around people that would pick me up and keep me going and keep me inspired versus I found when I it was amazing to get to meet my community, but it wasn't the same. Like it was, um, it wasn't the best environment for me to try to get stuff done because it felt like, um, as, as you mentioned, I felt like I should hang out with them. Um, so I've learned a lot from that experience. And now this is why in 2017, I'm really excited to design it even more the way I want to, because, um, I don't think, um, I think it became really clear to me that, that, my, my purpose in life is not just to travel and to explore these places. I really enjoy getting to capture it through video and through live streams and through images and then getting to share them and then to do it well too. And that doesn't happen fast. So what I've learned is, um, I've got a handful of friends in 2017 that I hope I'll get to see again in a note. And they also run, um, online businesses and they get social media and they get all of that. So they would be really fun to work with and collaborate with and also live with for a time because I'll get to work on my online stuff and I'll also, um, and I don't have to worry about feeling like I need to hang out with them because we're already friends. Um, and then the other part, um, and the other sort of the other part of the year, what the, there are other ways that you can sort of travel and stay put. Um, but there's no pressure to, to have to explore or entertain anyone. So things like work trades or, um, house sitting, I personally haven't done, but I'm open to trying. And there's also a lot more like co-living environments around the world now, um, that are, that are sort of like co-working spaces, but you live with people who are also creatives. So I've, I've learned to navigate that and travel slower is definitely one. Be really picky about who I stay with now because, uh, that ultimately determines what I output in the world. So it was definitely a learning curve, but, but it was fun. Yeah. So I'm eager to pick your brain on how this is all, how you're making this all mesh together and work for you. But first I want to, I want to rewind back. You're from Canada and I think you started this journey about five years ago. Do you think the, the old you would like imagine that you'd be here in five years? What was your life like before? And uh, how have you started on this path? <laughs> For sure. I think inside each of us, there's an element of knowing exactly where we want to end up, but we're always kind of like surprised that we end up there. So in some levels, I'm like, of course, this is what I'm doing. Um, but at the same time, I could never have imagined the journey and all of the twists and turns and sort of forks on the road that you have to make before you can get here. So um, I really started traveling when I was 20 and uh, my very first trip alone was uh, to teach English in Italy. And it happened because 
at that time I had finished my first um, internship in university. Um, I studied media, so I got a marketing job and it was pretty much one of the best internships for, for someone my age. Out of nine interns, I was the only first year one. So I, I already knew that I stood out and I was like, if I just stay on this path, like I'm set when I graduate university. But after doing that internship and seeing other people in offices for the entire summer in air conditioning, and like really all I wanted to do was be outside and like enjoy life, I felt like I, I, I knew that I didn't want that. Like if I was like, if all of this leads to me sitting in an office for eight hours a day for like 11 and a half months of the year, I think I need to find another path. And I had no idea how to find it, but like any other good 20 something, I thought the next summer I'll travel in. So that's when I went to Italy. And uh, that was the very first time that I met other 20 somethings in the world who also did not care about pursuing a traditional career. And they just wanted to keep traveling the world um, and just explore. And some of them are still doing that five years later. But in my circle of friends, I didn't know anyone who was doing it. But outside, once I got into the world in Italy and I met these Australians and Americans and other people who were traveling, I was like, ooh, it, it, it lit the fire a little bit. So I still had to go back to university, though. Um, and every summer, as the summer would approach, I began to think, like, okay, what am I going to do this summer? And it always felt like if I went to go travel and I went to go try to pursue an internship or and a job abroad, I would, I would grow more. And so bit by bit, every summer, I did that. I went to Africa twice. I went to Russia. I went um, across Europe as well. And, and I also found a way to al always get paid for it. And like, nobody would have believed me if I wouldn't have believed myself if someone told me. Um, but really by learning how to network, by learning how to put my passion out into the world, um, and just be genuinely excited about the things that I love and talk to people about it. I realized that opened up gateways can, can for me, me to, can you tell me more about some yes. of those specific experiences, like where you actually got paid to, you said, travel to Africa, things like this? Yes, okay. definitely. So I actually have an entire online course um, just about networking because when I first started, I was like, this is what made the difference. All I did was talk to people. Um, so for example, um, I ended up going to business school for two years and that was also where I realized I really don't want to spend my life in a suit. And um, I, I latched on to the sort of social entrepreneurship cluster at that school because it was what resonated with me the most. And so there are all these events put on and um, bringing in social entrepreneurs that ran like fair trade coffee businesses, social enterprises. And I would go and I would learn and I'd get so inspired. And so there was one professor that always, that always was there. And um, I started talking to her because I could tell she was really passionate and she noticed me because I was one of the younger students and I was going to these classes that were really for like upper year students. And so I just kept talking to her and I was like, let me know if there's anything I can help with. Um, and she kind of took me under her wing and she became my mentor. And naturally I started talking to her. I was like, yeah, I, I want to go to Africa this summer. And do you know any entrepreneurs there? And she ended up offering me a research assistant position. Um, at, like I had already planned to go to Africa. I think I actually went to her and said like, yeah, I'm planning on going to Africa. Um, do you know any entrepreneurs? And, so I was already going to go. I was willing to bet my own money so that I could go and have that experience. 
And she was like, oh, well, if you're going, maybe you can do some research for me. So I remember like literally walking out of her office with a contract for $6,500 to get paid in the summer and spend my summer in Africa. And it was, it was one of those moments where it was just like, what? This doesn't happen. And I know there's also people listening who might be like, well, that's, that's great. But you were in university. That doesn't happen when you're working in a job. But it's actually not about that at all. It's about the fact that I went out and because I've done it again and again. But I went out and I talked to people about what lit me up, what inspired me. And I told them the kinds of things that I wanted to do. Um, and I also like whenever I talk with people, I always go from an attitude of thinking of how can I help them, right? It wasn't about me. It was also about, you know, what kinds of things was she working on that I could get involved with and like help with if I'm already in Africa. So, um, so that was the first that time. You, I think you said earlier that you have a daily practice where you ask yourself, how can I help someone every day? Is that right? Yes. Okay. Tell me so, more about that. Um, This year of travel, 2016, really started off because last year in 2015, um, I had been building up an online platform and community for a while. I'd been on Periscope live streaming. And at that time, I had um, a community of about 7,000 on Periscope. And I, they had made a big difference in my life and I had made a big difference in a lot of people's lives just by sharing meditation and, and sharing inspiration in my story. But I wanted to do something more. And, and that's when I realized, you know what, this year I'm turning 25. I want to make this year different from every other year that I've lived. I think there's an ambitious streak in anyone who's listening to this podcast where you feel like you always could have done more, right? It's like, I, I, I know I accomplished something, but I want to do more. So that's what I wanted this year to be about. And I really wanted to challenge myself and think of what, what would I really do with my life if I didn't worry about money and my career? And I just woke up every day thinking, how can I serve? How can I help someone else? How can I inspire? And what would be like the best use of me as a human being? And so that's been my guiding question for the whole year. And I called that whole journey Project Soul Fam, short for Soul Family. Um, you can check out the website projectsoulfam.com to sort of read more about that journey because it's winding down now. And I'm going to capture it all either into a book or a podcast series or something. Um, but that question has helped a lot because it's true that a lot of people stop pursuing their dreams because they start, they just get stuck in the so-called practical thinking, okay, well, I need to pay my bills. And this is how, this is how I'm going to, I'm going to figure that out first yeah. and then I'll decide what makes me happy. I think, but I think I really, all of us have some experience where we've been burned though, you know, where we, um, yeah. we try to give and, you know, we feel like, uh, we trusted someone, we, we were let down and, and I think it, it can, it's one thing to say, like, I want to serve, but then how can you, but also making it work so that you're able to, uh, support yourself and, uh, you know, get profitable business relationships too, because ultimately you do want to get something from it. Otherwise, you, you're left with nothing, right? Yeah. So this has been a. I've like learned so much this year about this because I actually did. Um, I think two launches where I released one of um, my sort of my signature online program called Funded and Flow. It's all about how to fund your dreams and live in the flow, and. Um, and I, did, I think I did two launches where it was give what feels good. So people could just pick whatever price they wanted to. Um, and I tried that as, a, as an experiment after reading different books just to see what would happen. And I learned something really powerful, which is that, um, like I thought I was giving, 
But I realized that if I actually charge for pe- charge people, I could, I'm actually helping them in some cases because people would stress out about the money. People would, um, you know, people would not take the course seriously. But when they did pay a bigger amount or just a more solid amount, they took it more seriously. So I think at, at the end of the day, what, what I've really realized is we can look to other people and be like, okay, they're using this business strategy and it's working for them. So they must have it figured out. But the more that I sort of live and I walk this path, I realize that everyone's just trying to figure it out. And it also takes time. Um, like, I think I tried to just do what other people did it in the early days. And I would bash my head thinking like, why isn't this working? And I, you know, and I felt burned as well. Like I wasted my money or this and that, but now I'm okay with taking things a little bit slower and just creating things in my own path and in my own way. So even now, as I'm working on new projects, I always feel like, ah, oh, I could have done like so much better, but I realize it's like you, you up level a little bit at a time. So I think you have to be like passion. Uh, you have to be co- compassionate towards yourself and, and know that like, it's, you never get it done. And it's just this constant journey of like learning and sort of upgrading your mindset, upgrading how much you can get done. Um, and, and letting the, the ball of energy that is your business or your career keep growing on its own. So I know what you mean though. <laughs> I think it comes down to something deeper, you know, like a feeling of authenticity and, you know, I think at the end of the day, all of us would love to just give selflessly. Um, but then, you know, sometimes we feel disappointed because it's, I don't know, like it's a competitive world that we live in and, one thing that I have trouble with is like, you know, if, if there's something that you're after, you know, how do you ask for it? Like, even if it's just a, a couch to crash on, you know, if or a donation for a project, like a crowdfunding project, you did a Kickstarter or, um, you know, to support your efforts. I always have trouble when it comes to asking, you know, for help. Like, it just seems like I shouldn't have to, you know, but you seem to do it quite often. Yes. Thank you for, for asking this because, um, I learned this lesson in a big way earlier this year. And, um, and then I'd kind of forgotten it for the last little bit, but it's, it's really important and I'm happy to bring it back up again. So I realized, and I learned that people want to help you, um, especially, so I know there's there's kind of business colleagues, but at the heart of it, the people who follow your journey and who are inspired, for example, by this podcast, when you give them an opportunity to help you, they want to help you. You're actually helping them. So for example, when I began to put out um, the call for like coaches to surf on, um, and some people would apply, and I would also reach out to certain people, right? And as I actually oh, went actually to, to stay in this this. Sorry, I didn't mean to <laughs> Um, I put out the call, but I like vouched for everyone. So it wasn't, there was never anyone that I had no idea who they were. But you said they had to I always apply, did it right? Call. Now I have a form on my website that they can <laughs> fill out to apply. But in, host you. Okay. in the early days, it was like, they already knew who they were. Yeah. Well, I love it because um, usually it's the so, other way around. You know, usually you have to uh, reach out to them, you know, to get hosted. Uh, yeah. Well, I, and I did reach out to people too, but I also... It, it started with this, actually. There, were, there was um, stuff going on in my personal life and with my family, and I was talking about it on live streaming. And people 
people like empathized toward and they felt bad and they like wanted to help. So they like sort of casually offered their couches. And then I would like DM them on Twitter and be like, Hey, I think I might actually come. And so when I actually ended up in their homes and I started talking to people, what I realized was that by asking for help, um, and then accepting their help and staying on their couch, I got a chance to help them as well. Like it wasn't just, they were helping me by offering their couch. I was actually helping them by staying in their home. And I could see that my presence in people's homes was igniting their dreams again, was inspiring them. And so Can you tell me like about to me, that was that you said you were in where, um, you said people felt bad. Were you, uh, were you struggling? Were you in a difficult spot at some point? Yeah. So I had things going that. on with my parents where they didn't, um, they didn't like, they didn't get what I did. And especially with, um, the online world, like online entrepreneurship and careers is a modern thing. And most parents still look to jobs and, you know, and a regular paycheck and like having your own place to live as that, as that means you're okay. And you're, you have security. Um, but I didn't want any of that. And so I was sitting at home doing all this stuff on my laptop all day. Um, and it wasn't like I was a millionaire yet. So they were like, well, what are you doing? Like, this isn't working out. And, um, and then the people on my Periscope, so they had been inspired by listening to me and watching me for the last few months. And so they knew that I was making an impact. Um, and it was just that my parents didn't get it. So a lot of people, um, a lot of people felt that. Um, and another thing for the listeners and for you, Danny, that, that helped as well was I was very open and, and authentic with my story. So I know a lot of people in the online world, they like to hide what's actually going on, right? It's like you put on your happy face, you put up your happy picture and it's like, everything's awesome. But they hide the fact that like, you know, sometimes I feel lonely or sometimes I feel afraid or like sometimes I feel frustrated and this isn't working out and I don't know what to do. And like, it's as if we don't want to admit that it's not perfect just because we're traveling. Um, but I actually was just very open with my community and that made a really big difference because they understood who I was as a person and they wanted to help me as a person. And then, and I realized by doing that, it made it a lot easier for people. Um, they wanted to support me, right? Because it was like, I was their friend and I had shared so much with them. And, you know, if you had a good friend and they were going through a tough time and they just needed a couch to crash on for a little bit, like you would probably say yes. And so that's, that was kind of the energy behind it. And that journey of constantly, you know what, like show, just showing people I'm human too. We're in this journey together. Let's do something epic. If it resonates with you, you can come host me. Right. So that, that I think was a really big part of it. And then once I stayed in people's homes and realized that by asking for help, I help them more. I inspire them more. Um, like that kept me going. So when it led to the Kickstarter, for example, and asking people to support that, it was easy because I already understood that deep down people want an opportunity to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Yeah, that's true. So this so is take, take a moment and if someone's not familiar, tell them about that uh, Kickstarter. Tell them a little bit about that project. Yeah. So right now I'm actually in the UK working on a book that I crowdfunded. Um, early this year, it's called The Soul of Humanity, and it's a joint project by another social media influencer, um, and it was inspired by the work that we did earlier this year, live streaming in the heart of the refugee crisis. So um, in, on the island of Lesbos, Greece, and, and throughout 
um, parts of Europe and the Middle East. A lot of refugees were leaving Syria and other countries um, due to the conflict there and looking for a bigger, uh, another home. And so I heard about that and I wanted to do something with my social media platform that was more meaningful, right, than just sitting at home in Canada talking about inspiration. So I thought I would do this and um, and I captured the whole thing. And at the end of it, I wanted to do something that would last a little bit longer, that would be more substantial. So um, we ended up in the last minute putting together a Kickstarter campaign and then just putting it out there and asking for for people to support it if they were inspired by our work. Um, and it ended up being really easy to fund. Um, and it and it really just showed me what I talked earlier about, you know, how I got that job in Africa. It came down to asking, um, asking people for help and being okay with it. And also just believing, believing that if it's something that you really want to do, it's meant to happen. So I think we had it about 50% funded. And then on the, on one of the last days we had someone donate half of the whole amount. So about, um, our top tier is over a thousand dollars. So they donated that and, and our, and then our project was easily overfunded. Um, so I'm producing that book now, but I think by then I had really gotten that people want to be a part of something bigger. They want to be a part of something meaningful. And if you're genuine about it, like if it feels a little bit icky, like I'm just doing this as a marketing tactic, people will feel it. But I think if you genuinely create things from your heart, um, and you speak to people like they're people, not speaking to people like, um, like they're your bank account, you know, or that they should fund you. Know that um, they they really resonate with that, and people connect with that. So you're really doing a lot of things. I know that you're a meditation guide. You uh, did this Kickstarter campaign for this book um, for, uh, based on your time in Greece. I know that you um, have you had like a, a general business model, or are you just building this platform that is you and your life and using the platform to support whatever projects you have going on. Is that right? Yes. I love that you ask because it's definitely the latter. I tried the first way, which is following a business model. You know, I, I've taken the courses too, and I've learned a lot of the fundamentals of online marketing and online business and actually in the early days when I followed all of that, I, I had what I call my carpet bottom moment last year. Um, I was doing all of this online stuff and, and I wasn't having the results that other people seemed to have and I couldn't understand why. And I never suffered from anxiety in my life. I'm generally a happy person. Um, but, and here I was pursuing my dream of sharing content online, doing what I want, doing what I thought was my dream. And I was having like anxiety and it was even worse, uh, than, you know, it just felt even worse. And that was when it took me a while, but I finally sort of realized that this must be because I keep listening, trying to listen to what other people do instead of listening to my own heart. And that was actually when I really dove into meditation and really dove into sharing meditation. Cause it was the only tool at the time that helped my mind from going crazy, you know, from me thinking about spreadsheets and blog posts <laughs> and content marketing day in, day out. And like, um, and so that was, it's been a couple, 
almost, you know, a year, maybe a year and a half in the process of letting go and actually unlearning everything that I had been taught in the online marketing world and being okay with just following my heart and doing it my way. So, so the reason... So, sorry, I didn't interrupt. So, so meditation kind of became, kind of steered the direction of your business and that's how you built your Periscope. You've yeah. obviously found your tribe. You've, you've built, I think you, you first emailed me six months ago, maybe less than six months ago. I think you had 10,000 uh, followers in Periscope. Now you have almost 50,000. Yeah. Has, <laughs> have you been able to turn like that huge following that you have on Periscope into a viable business? So as I mentioned, I love that you asked this because as I mentioned, I decided consciously that right now at this point in my life, like building a quote unquote business is not my priority. <laughs> okay. I so remember like, yeah, at the heart of it, what, pardon? Is there a different word that I should uh, select? Oh no, it's fine. Here, this is what I'll share with you. So I see, I, it took me a while to unlearn all that stuff. And I realized like, what is it that I really wanted to do with my life and my time and my energy? You know, coming back to that question, if I didn't worry about my money and career, if I didn't worry about trying to build an online business and to prove something to some imaginary, like, online guru, um, what would I really want to do with my life? And I knew that I just wanted to live an epic life, and I wanted to share that whole journey and that story with, pe- with people um, in the hopes that it will inspire someone else to go after their dreams. And so especially in the last uh, six months or so, I really come to see myself more as an online creator. Um, So for example, there are YouTubers who make millions or at least hundreds of thousands um, and they don't sell online courses. But the way that happens is through, it was through YouTube monetization and maybe now a mix of merchandising and sponsorship and other things. But in the early days, like what was at the heart of it? It was sharing who they are and sharing the things that, that sharing whatever was fun with for them. Um, and then, and then they grew as YouTube grew. So for me, this is, that's more of what I want to do. I think I have like 50%. I still have an online course, um, a program that I'm creating right now. Um, and it, it finally puts together everything that I know about how to travel the world full time and how to make it your life and how to, how to, be free, not only physically, but mentally and spiritually as well. Cause of course it's called think therefore travel. Um, so I still have that. And this is like, this is the, the one program that I finally feel like I want to keep this for at least the next two or three years because it's, it's, it represents what I want to stand for in the world. And then at the same time, the other six months of the year, let's say, I just want to travel and I just want to make videos. I just want to capture things. I don't want to have to worry about trying to put together funnels and all that kind of stuff because I learned through, for me personally, at least, like I do not enjoy spending like months and months at a time trying to just like put these things together and then being like, oh, look at me. I got X number of subscribers. What matters, what lights me up is being able to just create content and share it. And then by doing that, I've also learned, you know, different sponsorship things have coming up, have come up. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, there's a ton of creative ways that you can keep traveling and keep funding your travels. Things like house sitting, work trades, um, at all different kinds of combinations, even like your self, your own sort of self-created work arrangements so that you can work and potentially live for free um, and do what you love and contribute to what someone else is doing. So... I've realized that just running a business is not for me. I want to be an online creator and I also want to create programs from time to time because 
they're a way for me to help people. Um, but the rest of the time, like I love seeing my primary priority as just someone who authentically shares a journey. Right. And I want people to feel like they're part of it. Um, and that they get to grow with me and then we'll just see what happens from there. Your story reminds me a little bit of Gabby Wallace, whom we interviewed in episode 60. She has a company called Go Natural English, and she was working as an English teacher in Japan and basically just, you know, making videos of the lessons that she was doing, putting them up on YouTube, and uh, she built a huge following. I don't know how many, 100,000 subscribers, 100,000 subscribers that she has uh, on YouTube. And um, I know that she's been kind of, she has a back-end product, uh, mailing list, stuff like this. What would you say some of the uh, components for you, like to be successful creating videos and also with Periscope, you know, what was, what were some of the factors of your success? Ooh, I love this question. I think the number one thing is you have to genuinely be excited about what you're, about what you share. And, um, I heard a really great tip from one of my favorite YouTubers the other day, and it was this is creator tip of the day, and it was simple. All you have to do is show up and share what you love, and that's enough. Because sometimes we think we need all of these like fancy lights, you know, and and makeup and all this stuff, and and to make it look flashy and fancy music and gizmos and gadgets and websites, but. Um, the truth is if you just show up and you share what makes you happy, it will take on a life of its own over time, right? And naturally the videos do get better. The live streams do get better. Everything does get clearer, you know, and you do grow a following. But, um, for me, that's the first thing, um, genuinely sharing something that I love, I know is what allows me is that's to do this forever. Right. And if that's like my secret of my whole life is just about sharing the things, going on an epic adventure and sharing what I love. The thing is, if you do that consistently and you don't waver off into directions you don't like, that is what creates a body of work that has to grow a following of some kind because there's just so much of it out, so much love and passion that's floating out into the universe and out onto the internet. Um, so that's the biggest thing. And that's also realized, that's also why I realized I can't just do this business stuff because it, it felt like it was always trying to put me in a box of like, no, you need to make this kind of content and this kind of content and you need to do this, this, this. And I was like, you know what? Sometimes I just want to share and I don't want to have to worry about all of that. <laughs> so, um, you know, other than passion and genuinely sharing what you love, um, I think the, the second quality for me, especially is, uh, the Ability to listen to your intuition and your heart first. Um, I think a lot of the stress and the um, the competition and the ego that makes online business not fun is because people get so focused on listening to what someone else is doing in order to achieve some version of success instead of actually just listening to what they want to do. I've come to realize that there are like, let's say we're all going to make a million dollars, you know, sharing inspiration online 10 years from now, right? So to get from A to, from zero to a million dollars, there are a thousand different routes to get there. And what happened was I learned a few people's blueprints based on what they taught as like online business owners. And I thought that was the only way. But I'm coming to realize, and the more and more I discover people online who are doing incredibly well, 
who don't have a mailing list or didn't start with a mailing list um, and don't sell any of the things that, you know, don't do coaching, don't do programs, don't do any of that. The more I realize that like my job is to just trust that like, you know, that million dollars will be there. And instead of struggling to get there, I might as well just have fun and I might as well just share what I love, right? Because you can only pick one route. You're either going to do what makes you happy or you're going to do it or you're going to um, do what someone else says because you think that's what that works, right? And marriage is ideal if you find a, a way to do both, do what makes you happy and learn from people who inspire you. But your guiding, my guiding light and anyone's guiding light should always be your own heart um, and, and being okay with like carving your own path. So I think those are probably my two biggest things. Um, and then the last thing, it's, it's hard for me to sort of put it into words, but it comes down to faith, you know, or trust. So whether you believe in a higher power or not, or I would highly recommend delving into learning more about like law of attraction or quantum physics, but really having a bigger understanding of the world, right? Like how does stuff happen? Why does my heart still beat? Why do plants grow? Like, why does the internet even exist? Taking time out for yourself. And this is what I still do on a regular basis. Like sometimes I just let all of my online stuff go and be like, you know what? I want to get my head on straight today. I'm just going to spend a day in nature. I'm going to read whatever book makes me happy. Um, or I'm just going to watch a bunch of like fun videos, inspiring videos on YouTube and not worry about trying to strategize. Um, but really take time to like wrap your head around how the universe works, how life works. And I think that will make my other two tips make sense too. Right. If you feel if you if your paradigm is that you need to struggle to make money, money is hard to make. Um, you have to rip people off to make money. Like you know, it's you. I'm all alone in this world. I and um, and it's all hard and like it's a struggle. Then that's what's going to happen over and over again. Um, but if you take time to really understand, because uh, quant, like I love reading, watching videos about quantum physics and time and space. And reality from time to time because they help me just remember that you know what like life is just one big video game there's even a book about this called the holographic universe um and so what's the point of me being here like i might as well have fun i might as well do the things that i enjoy and the more that you learn about this you'll realize anyone who has a lot of success in the world they're they're genuinely doing what they love because that energy of passion is magnetic and it will bring to you the money and the resources and all the things you think you want. But from a personal uh, experience, like they are just doing what they love and they just like kept relentlessly doing it until they, you know, so-called got discovered or so, you know, got yeah, so-called their final big launch. I want to expand on that word relentlessly because um, obviously it takes a lot of persistence to get to this point where you're at. And I think that's something that will hold a lot of people back is, uh, you know, maybe they'll record some videos and it will feel unnatural to them at first. Everything feels unnatural when you do it the first time. And maybe you feel a bit uncomfortable and you're like, I can't do this. And then if they don't get those early wins, like, you know, people actually watching the videos, then I think a lot of people will give up. So mm -hmm. what do you have to say about that? Like as far as like yeah. getting people to, to get to this point where you are. Definitely. I actually, I love the word relentless because uh, I, I used to have written, and maybe I still do have written in my bios and on my about page, that I was, 
I I was just and still am someone who like relentlessly follows my passion and like refuses to not because when I don't, it doesn't seem to go right and I don't have fun anyway. So I might as well have fun while I'm trying to make life work. Um, and remember every secret is everyone's just trying to make life work. So you might as well just do what you love. Um, but there is a level of, um, I don't want to use the word insanity, but even Steve Jobs talks about this. If any of you have seen his commencement speech, like, you know, or that the quote that he has, um, where you have to be, it's, it's the crazy ones who change the world, um, because they are a little bit crazy because they dare to see a different vision. So at the beginning, you do feel like you're alone at the beginning. I didn't know anyone else at the beginning. I wasn't doing podcasts like this, right. And getting to share the story with other people. In the beginning, I was a girl in my bedroom, and I was inspired by other people making videos and blogs. And I'm like, I want to do that. And I don't know how, but it seems like. And then I would just pl- start playing around with those first steps. Um, and this is where your intrinsic expression and your intrinsic um, the word I'm looking for is like your own spark. Like every one of us has that thing that we just want to do. We just want to try just because it's fun, right? And the the thing is most people have been like programmed to think, okay, well, that's not practical. I won't make money, so I'm not going to do it. But you have to just give it a shot. Even if you work in a job and like 95% of your time and energy seems to be spent doing things that you don't enjoy, like at least give yourself that 5% and then bit by bit expand it so it's bigger. But give yourself a portion of your life where you actually do what you enjoy and just run with it. Not because you're trying to make money, not because you're trying to prove something, but just because you enjoy it. And when you do that, like, it's like there's a, that seed in you that starts to grow, right? And one of my favorite analogies is if, if you think of a seed, um, like an acorn seed, it's just a little thing, you know, the little like chunk of almost looks like rock right but if it's planted in the ground and is given the right ingredients it grows into this massive tree and trees just constantly reach upwards and grow leaves to get more light and they don't in the process they give wood to humans they give shade um, they provide shelter for animals but like all they're doing is reaching up so i'd like to use that as analogy for us as human beings like we are just seeds each of us you know, we're just like all these things. We all wear the same earth suit, human suit. But what's the difference between someone who's working in an office, um, just kind of doing that because they think they need the paycheck from like Beyonce? Or like, what's the difference? They're still wearing the same earth suit. The difference is that like at some point, Beyonce believed that she could be a singer and that she wanted to be. And she just kept doing it and she just kept going for it right? Because the truth is that she's not the best singer in the world. Um, she's not the most talented. She's not the most pretty. She just kept doing it. So each of us, like I'm a big believer that each of us has the potential to be really big beacons of light and doing something really meaningful in the world. It doesn't have to mean be famous, but it means that in your heart, you would not trade a day of your life because you are loving everything that you're doing. And it's our responsibility as human beings to pursue that. If we don't, that is why we have, that is why people feel dead inside, right? That is why people end up burning out or having these like chronic illnesses that take them, 
down, it's because they never followed that and life is trying to communicate to them. So that sort of relentless pursuit of what makes you happy is actually the whole point of life. And another thing I realized, uh, chatting with a good friend recently, and I was trying to explain like, you know, she like really gets it and she has a little one and she has like a two year old and she's, she's like planning on traveling the world that he gets older and older. And she's doing what a lot of people say can't be done or should be done. Right. Like she's going to travel with her kid. And she told me that like, look, people are going to fail at one thing in life or another. You're going to have to say yes to one thing and no to another. So you can either say yes to going after your dreams and just taking a chance. Right? Just just give yourself three years and see what happens. If it doesn't work, you can always go back to a normal job, quote unquote normal job. Right? You can either say yes to that or you can say yes to staying safe. So say yes to just, you know what, I'll finish my resume, submit it to a couple of jobs, do the interviews and then see what happens. Right. Like at every point, there's a there's a point there's a there's a route that always feels a little bit more exciting than the other. And all I've been doing for the last five years is consistently following that route that says, ah, this is a little bit more exciting. Like Africa's a little bit more exciting than another internship in Canada. And then like, ah, this like online blogging route is a little bit more exciting. Let me give it a shot. And then like you amplify that over 10 years and you know, that's where you get the difference between, um, you know, someone who's still in an office and still still just spending like 10% of their life doing what makes you happy versus where I hope to be in 10 years, you know, which is just, you know, bigger, brighter, and like inspiring more people and, and happier as well. So you're going to have to say yes to one thing, right? You either say yes to what you love or you say yes to what you don't. Would you say that your risk return ratio is different than most people? Because I think you constantly err on the side of, well, uh, action, but also, uh, it's, it's something that most people will be uncomfortable with, I think, doing, you know, like traveling to Africa, like as a, a solo female traveler, for example, or, uh, you know, leaving behind stable employment in Canada to start a blog. You know, most people would err on the side of safety. I think that you have a different paradigm that uh, yes. drives your decision. <laughs> <laughs> I do think... Um, I think naturally I might be a little bit more of a risk taker. Like if I think of, I have two siblings and I was the only one in university that was like, no, I really want to go to Africa. I'm just going to do it, you know, and then figured it out and then told my parents how. So I do think there's a little bit of, there's an innate personality, but I also think you can teach yourself to be like that. If it's something that inspires you, right? One thing that helped me a lot this year, um, was at the beginning of the year. So, uh, December, 2015, I gave my, you know, I even wrote this on the website. So if you look up project soul Fem, this is what it says, you know, I want to see what happens if I just spend one year, ever, spend one year answering the question, what would happen if I didn't worry about my career or money? And I woke up every day asking, how can I serve? So, and I, I read this on the blog, you guys can see this, like there's at least three things that will happen. Okay. Um, one, I will end up on the street um, with in like nothing at the end of the day, like I'm going to have given everything away. I'm going to be at the, at the, at the street uh, in a cardboard box. So that's one option. Um, and then the other option is that is what I think will happen, which is that something really miraculous and crazy and far beyond our imagination is going to take me on this wild adventure. Right. And so 
like I gave myself that fallback of like, either this is all going to fail and then like, bye, I'll just quit social media altogether and go live a quote unquote normal life and get a job or something crazier and much more fun and magical is going to happen. So I actually gave myself that fallback, right? It doesn't mean that I had no fear. I still have the, to like process it, but obviously through different trips and different experiences life, I got to the point where I could take that leap too. Um, but definitely even in my early days, remember I said that, um, I was in university and I did have the fallback of maybe when I graduate, I'll finally do, I'll finally just get a normal job. Right. And I just, when I got there, I was like, I just don't want to do it. And I just, and I took another chance, right? I gave myself another year and another year. And then at some point you just, which is where I'm at now, you don't like, I don't question the, uh, I don't quite even consider the option of going to get a quote unquote normal job Have anymore, there been some right? Because I, I and setbacks and doubts, moments of doubt along the way. That you've oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, though, for sure. And this is sort of why, <clears throat> this is actually why I like to consider myself an online creator versus a business person. I find that business people tend to always have to feel like they need to put their perfect foot forward, right? Like, look at me. I'm all successful. You should um, want to follow me because I'm all successful. Whereas um, I want to share the journey and all the hard stuff that has happened. Um, I mentioned the thing with my family earlier, right? And just feeling like the black sheep and they didn't get me and I needed to find my own way in the world. Um, and And then there was also the anxiety. And that was all from like, trying to build an online business. And I shared that pretty openly. You can still find blogs about it um, at my website, anitawingley.com. There's some there. Um, and then every day on my Instagram, my Instagram is now like my micro blog. Um, if you scroll through it, you'll see that there are times where I've written where I was like, this just sucks. Like I'm in Hawaii and I'm not even happy. And I had to sort through those emotions. Um, so it still happens, but I, that's what I love about just being okay with knowing that like my role is not to, is not to like become some crazy entrepreneur and prove something. My role is as a human being first is to just live to the greatest expression of my passions and gifts. And then, and then now I've learned to just trust that there's as I mentioned, a thousand different ways that you can fund your travels. And there's a thousand different ways that, 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 that help and that support and that money you think you need will come. And, and then through the journey, right. Taking those first early steps. Like when I came out of that office with the contract to Africa, right. And, um, like instead of remembering that and just shrugging that off is like, Oh yeah, that's like, I just got lucky. I won't be able to do it next year. There was a part of me that said, no, like, this is how it's supposed to work. Like the reason you got this because it's because it's meant for you. And so I, I've kind of like followed that ethos and that philosophy for the last few years until I was so sure that I was so sure on what I meant to be doing in the world. So definitely there are trials and tribulations. Um, but that's why I love sharing the story to show people that like, look, even even though Beyonce looks perfect, I guarantee you she has her moments. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit more about this because you have a, um, you, you mentioned teaching people how to travel the world. You actually have a free workshop at anitawingley.com forward slash travel. Yes, I do. So it's taken me a while to finally sort of come out of the closet and actually help people to travel. 
Um, because ever since I started my website two years ago, you can see if you go on it, there's all these Polaroids from my travels. And so it was naturally a part of me. But if you actually read my, my blogs and even my early blogs, there's no traditional travel blogging blogs. There's no like top five places to eat in Italy. Like this is how my trip in Hawaii went. There's nothing <laughs> like that because like, it's just not me. I can't, I could never let, I could never write that. And it just felt, it always felt a little bit superficial to me. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I don't to, do enough stuff either. <laughs> I want, awesome. It, yeah. it feels better to provide something that, you know, people can use to better themselves, you know, better their life. And I think you're on a similar path with that. Yeah. I so to, I, I, do you mind um, like just touching on those six steps that you, you mentioned in your course? Yes. So um, um, on November 27th, which is a Sunday, I put it on a Sunday for everyone, I'm going to be hosting a free online workshop and really finally sharing everything that I know, as much as I can share in about an hour, hour and a half, um, about how to travel the world full time. Um, and I specifically named it this because this isn't just for the people that want to go on vacation. This is for the people that know that they want a life that is different from whatever they've currently created. Right. And I want people to leave this totally empowered to know that even if they couldn't travel, even if they can't like quit their job in the next month, they've got enough information and they've got a resource there for you so that if they wanted to travel, they could. And, um, and to really get the mindset, because as we've talked about a lot, it's not just like, we haven't talked about how to do flights. We haven't talked about any of that. Right. We've really talked about like, how do you have to think? What kind of person do you have to become in order to take those chances? So all of this is going to be outlined more, um, in an online program. And I actually want to call it an online journey that I'm creating for people to zoom, but I'm going to outline the six steps for you guys. Um, that I'll be also going over more in depth in uh, the workshop that I'm hosting in two weeks. So the first, the first step is to really understand the laws of the universe. So I call it leveraging the laws of the universe. And the reason I start with this is because if you don't, you mentioned the word paradigm, Danny, and this is actually the first module, and it starts with this because you have to understand why life, what let doesn't go like university, job, car, house, family, happiness. Like we know that doesn't work. That's like a no brainer at this point. And how do you actually reconstruct and construct your own reality, right? And how use the power of your mind to create the things that you want, not just learn how to flight hack because, um, flight hacking might not be for everyone. I don't really do flight hacking, but I've gotten paid to travel. So that's the first one. So um, understand the laws of universe, things like law of attraction, things like quantum physics. Again, I'll give you like a quick rundown how to do it. Um, sort of the main things that you need to know so you don't need to go read the encyclopedia on quantum physics. Module two, um, or the second step then, is like actually understanding how you make money in the world. I, I have a free e-guide if you guys want to grab it on my website. It's called Get Paid to Travel. It's a starter guide, and it walks you through the actual money mindset that you need to have in order to um, make money. Um, because what I do is I actually, I, I've learned how to gather my passions, my talents, and gifts, and present them to people in a way that they either exchange you know, it for 
uh, money, they'll give me money, or they'll give me free travel, or they'll just give me um, a place to stay. At the end of the day, that's all it is, learning how to turn your passion into a paycheck. And there's a lot of ways you can do it, but I cover the fundamentals. And then I also share with you guys a lot of ways that I've done it um, and really how to like never worry about paying your bills again. So that's the thing. Don't forget, like I have bills and I have things that I want to do that I might not have the money for, but I've learned to have a mindset and an understanding of life in the world so that like, I just don't worry about it. I just trust that it's going to work out. Um, and then the third step is to actually explore your way to travel. So now that you've laid the foundation, we're actually going to like, um, I share a ton of different ways. So as I mentioned, I'm going to share with you at least 20 of my favorite ways to travel, um, Couch surfing is obviously one of them. Um, sponsorships is something I've been able to do more. And I know that anyone can get sponsorships because um, I was doing it even before I had a bigger following, right? And it comes down to talking to people. So really finding your way to travel. Because even if you Google this, you'll find a lot of answers. But like, what's the way that's right for you based on your budget? And as we've talked about uh, too, Danny, like your personality, Cause I might be more of a risk taker than others, but I can obviously, I could help people with like all these other ways too, because, um, over the years I've just gathered so much information on different ways that you can travel. And, and I know people who've done it. So, um, the fourth step then is actually taking the inspired action to go out into the world and secure that position or that job or that opportunity for yourself. You know, and this is about really learning how to network with soul and share what you love. As I shared the Africa story, um, I want to like sort of demystify networking and like job search in the, in the travel world because it's, it's not just about resumes anymore. There's so many different ways and it's about finding the one for you. Um, and and then, then the fifth step is what I like to call finally the art of getting paid to travel. And this is, it's really an art. And anyone who tries to sell you like a system for it, I would beware because um, I like to share my process and my method because I've gotten paid to travel at least 10 different ways, probably more than that. I need to recount, but every single way has been different. Um, and it's because I focus on um, making sure that I've got my bases covered, like accommodations, travel, food. And then beyond that, I explore different ways that I can do the things I want to do and um, fund it and provide opportunities for people. So I'm going to share, for example, behind the scenes, how I lived in Hawaii for three months this year. I only spent $400 and then I made $2,000 and led my, my first uh, solo retreat and actually had people come to it. Right. And even if that's not exactly what you want to do, what I really love sharing is behind the scenes of how I think, how I act, how I work every day so that you can make it work for you. And then the last step is what I like to call ultimately uh, flowing to your fullest potential. So flow is something I like to talk and write about a lot because if you really just follow your flow, your life is always pointing you in a particular direction. And instead of going against it, if you just flow with it, um, it, it is going to lead you to a life where you're living your highest potential, making the biggest impact. Um, and then also this is where we talk about how to transition from like getting your first travel job to making this your whole life, um, doing this something consistently. So hopefully that, that sort of walks people through it again. If you want to know more, definitely, uh, join me for the free workshop that's going to be happening in a little bit. And then if you miss it, cause you're listening to this podcast later, don't worry. I'm going to be doing it every couple of months as I update what I learned. Um, and then as long as you're signed up at my website, you'll be the first to know.
Okay, so we've been joined today by Anita Wing Lee, everyone, and her website is anitawinglee.com. Hope you all enjoyed the interview as much as I did, uh, as much as I enjoyed the opportunity to speak to Anita. And most of all, I wanted to thank you, Anita, for being so generous with your time and all of your knowledge that you shared on this call. Oh, definitely. It's a joy to share it. Um, and thank you guys all so much for listening as well. If you do enjoy it, feel free to find me on Instagram and leave me a comment or DM. Um, and let me know what you thought. I love hearing from you guys. And thank you, Danny, so much for having me. It's always a blessing to get to share um, this. And I hope it inspires more people.